When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Shana Hammond is a leadership and life coach for thousands of educators and executive leaders within the education system. She is an award-winning teacher, the founder and CEO of Teach to Lead, and founder of Shana Renee, a coaching practice dedicated to creating spaces, methods, and conditions for Black women in leadership to thrive. Highly regarded for her intuitive and research-based coaching and training expertise, she is a board trustee member for many organizations. Tonight, I dive in with one of my professional accountability partners and a fellow leadership trailblazer as I sit back and enjoy Jefferson's Ocean, aged at sea, bourbon whiskey. This is straight talk you won't hear anywhere else. I'm Galen Bingham. And this is the Whiskey, Jazz, and Leadership Podcast. Cheers. Boy, that's good. Oprah said, people make life complicated because they feel like they're supposed to. And yeah. she's just decided not to do that anymore. So one of the things I talk about, and this is the, this is actually one of the cornerstones of, of this podcast mm -hmm. is whiskey, jazz, and leadership. And mm -hmm. for me, I like all three of those things literally, but I also like them figuratively. Mm -hmm. And for me, jazz is this idea that we can have this general framework, we can have this guardrail, we can have this, this concept of where we're going, but I'm not going to give you the details. Mm -hmm. I mean, you got to use your skill, you got to use your daring, you got to use, you know, your spirit, whatever it is to get to this next point. Mm -hmm. Just know that we need you to be at that next point. Yeah. How, how does that analogy fit life for you? Mm. As you were talking, the word that came to mind was range. I talk about range in the context of especially Black women and people, other people who are in marginalized groups, because we have been in so many different tough situations and circumstances, and because we've, you know, we know what it means to not be a part of a majority group. Because of that, we have so many different perspectives and experiences. And so our range of perspective, our range of knowledge is so wide. And so because of that, that's why I get so excited when I work with Black women in particular, um, when they come back home to themselves and come back to their gut, they realize they actually have way more there <laughs> to work from than they do just going off of their intellect, right? Mm -hmm. um, when they really start trusting that range, that, that ability to just you know, drop in and trust themselves and trust that they have every single thing that they need for every obstacle that's coming up before them, they're able to enjoy the journey more and with less anxiety and overthinking and, <laughs> and overcalculating. That's part of what brings me so much joy about the work that I do because 
I just think, you know, the more experiences you have in life, the greater the range and just data set you're pulling from as a leader to be able to reach so many more people. Wow. You remind me also, and I think I've shared this with you, mm-hmm. um, that there is a, another guest that I had. I think she was probably the first female guest I had on this show. Mm-hmm. And I think this is as close as I'm going to get you two together. <laughs> Uh, Tamara McMillan. Yes, I've heard her name. I, you know, we call her Mic Drop because she comes in to every conversation mm-hmm. with this unapologetic fire paired with intellectual veracity. Yeah. And she just owns who she is in that space, regardless of who's in that space with her. Yeah. And I see similarities. Mm-hmm. with you. So tell me, where where does that fire, where does that, I'm going to say confidence, mm-hmm. where does that come from? Where, where does that, and again, I'm borrowing from, you know, this interview that I heard with Jay-Z and I talk about that a lot where he says, we all should be in pursuit of the, sp- the space of knowing. Yes. And, and you seem to have this confidence in knowing mm-hmm. who you are becoming. Where does that come from? It's hard to answer that question. I'll say that I can answer when I woke up to it. So I woke up to it as I was going through my own kind of spiritual awakening process. So way back in, I'd say college, I reached a really low low because I, you know, I'm a survivor of various abuses in in my childhood, you know, for the first time really started reconciling that in my college years once I became a, you know, an early adult and was suicidal and was really, really in a, in a really tough space. And it was the first time I went to therapy and also the first time I really started to examine what I believe religiously um, and spiritually. At that point that I started my journey of really opening my mind up to spirituality beyond just denomination. And I, you know, studied Judaism, Buddhism, just, just started reading a lot of different books And I noticed a lot of trends and they were very simple. You know, God is love that we all, we have a higher power. doesn't matter really what you call it, but there's this higher power that is greater than us. And the more we tap into that, that greater power that is within us, that's really where the power is. And I started just, you know, delving with, you know, with meditation and different prayer. And once I really developed a spiritual practice for myself of really dropping back into my true self, that's when my confidence truly took off. It was really that process of reconciling my own relationship with my spiritual self Mm -hmm. and really understanding that I'm a spiritual being first and a human being second. That when I really understood that and then understood I'm not just in this world, the world is in me. You know, and really under making that shift. Wow, say that again. <laughs> say that again. Right? Like the world is in me and it's in you too. It's in everyone. And once I really understood that and understood the interdependence of all of us, I was like, oh, I got this. <laughs> I just need to stay connected to this. Everything else will work itself out. I need to stay in a constant state of surrender. And every single time I do that, I mean, everything just kind of, I attract the right people. Um, I attract the right clients and it just flows. The more that I really kind of ease back, the more I'm in flow. 
And I'll say also for me as a woman, it also has meant me reconnecting back with my feminine energy. Many of us are taught that in leadership, it's about very traditional uh, masculine qualities like drive and determination, which I definitely do have. And (laughs) I have sensitivity and empathy and intuition is extremely strong. And once I started really paying attention to those other energies that weren't necessarily validated externally, I really started to love me and really, you know, love the way that I was kind of flowing. And when I was able to package that into a coaching methodology to support other people and then to see them (laughs) take off, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm so grateful to be in this place and know that and understand the interdependence between us and understand the magnificence in me and how it's in everyone. And it's just a matter of someone understanding and awakening back up to it. One of the things that, that really jumped out at me when I was listening to you is you said that the turn, it seemed like you were saying that the turning point was when you got to this point where you loved you. It just dawned on me how rare that is mm-hmm. that people love themselves. Yeah, And I'm not talking about from an you know, an arrogance, look mm-hmm. at me, that kind of thing. social media type, love ourselves, yeah. but truly love everything that we're going through. Why do you think that we struggle with, with loving ourselves? Oh, I think there's so many reasons. I think a lot of us are dealing with unprocessed trauma, you know, and it's really hard to love yourself when you think you are your trauma. So I had a whole host of work to separate myself from my circumstance. So many of us define ourselves through our circumstances. We are not our circumstances. I think it's also really hard for people to love themselves because some people are afraid that that might mean they're arrogant. And something, and that used to be my fear. Well, if I love myself, then I'm going to be too much for folk, right? I'm already a Black woman. I already have all these stereotypes, all these preconceived narratives about me before I even open my mouth. And who am I to love myself and think I'm dope on top of that? <laughs> you know, like, who do you think you are? And something I have come to understand and know is that arrogance is relative. Oftentimes, people react to people based upon their own love in themselves. And what I have learned (laughs) is that when I'm around other people who love themselves, we have an amazing time. (laughs) When I'm around folks who are struggling with that, sometimes it is really tough for them. You know, and sometimes we internalize people's projections and then shut down and go, oof, I need to turn that dial down Mm. or that that piece right there. Yeah, I need to, you know, put that in my pocket and only bring that out every so often because I don't want to make such and such uncomfortable. I don't want to make this person over here feel like they can't be in my space. And something I always say, um, I actually was just writing about this yesterday. I was like, you know, we don't tell the sun, you know, you're too bright. We put on sunglasses. And so (laughs) we adapt. We adapt. adapt. So we are here to shine. We're here to be as bright as we we need to be. And for the folk who can't handle that, they'll adjust. They'll just adjust. I feel like you're coaching me right now. (laughs) I don't know what to do with this. It's getting warm over here. You know, if we're if we're steeped in emotional intelligence, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's about self-awareness. And that doesn't always mean just the negative things. It also means being aware of what you bring. Yes. 
to this occasion, it? to this project. Yeah. If you're not aware, you know, I, I talk a lot about um, the nine steps of being the greatest in the world at, mm -hmm. at your thing. Mm -hmm. And one of those things is owning your own standard. And that means that I can't let other people define how well I do this thing that I'm trying to be the greatest in the world at. And that takes courage. But you, you're absolutely right that we, we tend to shy away from the glory that's been put into us, the talents that have been put into us. And the fact that you have put your energy and you focused specifically on Black women. Mm -hmm. Now, I've, I've heard the phrase, and my mentors have told me, Galen, you got a niche to, to get rich. Mm -hmm. But niching, you've niched not only to Black people, you've niched even further and you said Black women. Yes. Now, you know, my conscious brain is saying, come on, Shana, there's no money in niching that far down. Mm -hmm. But I've had conversations with you. <laughs> so tell me about, again, I'm going to use the word courage. Tell me about the courage it took to say, look, this is this is who I'm focused on. This is where my heart's at. This is where my passion is. And I've got some goods that might benefit others. Yes. But this is where this is where I'm going to I'm going to focus my attention. Where did yeah. that courage come from? I think a lot of different places. And our vision statement is when when black women thrive, humanity thrives. And that's just something I feel in my bones. That's just something I feel in, like literally my feet are tingling right now. I feel in my cells. That's, that's a sign, you know, when <laughs> her feet get tingling. <laughs> when they get to tingling, that's true. In this lifetime, a Black woman, for so many reasons, and I pay attention to life, you know, I pay attention to who I am attracting, and that's who I tend to attract. And I think about my own life experiences and leadership, and they mirror so beautifully with so many of my clients. And I just know the power of Black women. I just know our range. I know that I'm here to spread ripple effects of love and liberation. Those are my top two values. And what more joy-filled, amazing way to do that other than with other Black women. And I also know what healing it is for, women, for Black women to do this kind of work in circles with each other. Only we can see each other the way that we see each other. I mean, we are basically each other's medicine. And I see myself as a convener, as someone who is, you know, <laughs> has the joy, honor to, to convene us, to do the work that it is for us to do, because we always have been, <laughs> and we may always be, who knows, but we always have been the backbone of humanity. And I'm just grateful to be here to serve in this way. Yo, this is Galen. I'm excited to announce that now you can support the Whiskey Jazz and Leadership Podcast as a patron. Click the link wherever you hear this message to get more information and to register. But check this out. At just a $1 per month patron level, you get access to the What's Next newsletter sent to your email box each month. That's where you will learn information about upcoming guests, get more detail about my private stock whiskey collection, and you'll learn about my new jazz favorites as soon as I fall in love with them and much, much more. $8 per month, you become a VIP. And as a VIP, you'll gain access to special VIP content 
each guest has recorded specifically for VIPs. And you are able to join the Whiskey Jazz and Leadership community on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Clubhouse. For $13 per month, you become a private stock VIP. That's where all the real fun happens. You will have access to written transcripts of each episode, an invitation to live tapings of future episodes, and access to invitation-only opportunities to interact with me and our guests during monthly Q&A live events and lots of other surprises. We're stepping up our game to give you more insight and special access. I hope you join us. Cheers. Now, one of the things that you know, and I think a lot of my listeners know, is that I'm I'm also pretty highly tied into this thinking grow rich process mm-hmm. by Napoleon Hill. And one of the things that we talk about a lot in that success in that success philosophy mm-hmm. is this idea of success has to be wooed, mm-hmm. much like you might woo an object of your of your affection, right? Mm-hmm. And I've heard you use the word attract maybe six or seven times in mm-hmm. this conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, help help me understand how attracting success yes. is different than, you know, the narrative that we hear today about I'm going to put my grind on. I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to call all these mm-hmm. clients and I'm going to go get my bag and that kind of thing. And that's totally different than the vibe that I'm getting from you. Yes, very different. And, and it's not that those energies aren't there too, right? Like to know me is to know I'm also, a, you know, I'm an athlete. <laughs> I know how to, I do grind. I do work hard. That energy is there too. And what I do know also is that it's about balance. Um, when you're just moving with that grind, build, force, move energy, oftentimes what happens is our personalities, our egos can really get caught in that. And then our spiritual, our true selves then are now in the passenger seat. And we think we are driving and manipulating and making things happen and not paying attention to forces beyond us. And so I'm very careful to flip it and making sure that I'm paying attention to the calling that is beyond me. And then adding all of the things about my personality, my experiences, my education, my certifications, all that stuff comes with me, but it comes with me from a place of love when I am birthing versus building. Mm. Um, when I'm birthing, I'm attracting, I'm you know revealing who I am and attracting the people that are supposed to be here, right? For this time with me for reasons greater than ours. You know, it keeps me very much in alignment, keeps me, you know, humble. It keeps me learning. It keeps me, you know, going and driving. And it helps me also stay in a, in a state of balance where I'm not kind of in this culture of sacrifice and grind and move and more so in ease and allowance. Um, and it'll just allow me to stay around a whole lot longer. Wow. I love it. And guys, this is what I get 
on a weekly basis. I get a big <laughs> dose of this on a weekly basis. So you, you see why I'm so fired up to do this kind of work. You know, I asked you at one point uh, this idea of invisible board of directors. This is a, a concept straight out of Think and Grow Rich. Mm -hmm. uh, but who are some folks that you would put on your invisible board of directors? And they may be people that you can physically reach out to and say, you know, yeah. hey, wh what do you think? But it's more of the, if I can think of how they might answer this question, it might give mm -hmm. me some insight. Who would you say are some of those people? Yeah, so the first person I would say she's not alive anymore. I would say my grandmother, uh, Reverend Eliza May Hammond. <laughs> she just is so wise and is my North Star when it comes to love. Mm -hmm. That's who I learned love from. And she was only alive for nine years of my life and still has had this kind of impact on wow. me. So she taught me in a very short period of time, the power of love and leadership and how it doesn't take that long to really have a, a tremendous you know, impact on someone. So her essence is just always with me. So of course she's number one, she's chair. Chair the board. But of course, Oprah has to be there. Even in, it's so corny, but even in my, um, my college essay, when they, you know, they ask you, who's your hero? I talked about Oprah. I've just always kind of resonated with her teachings around intention and love and leadership. Um, she's been pretty consistent since, you know, day one. And I was just, you know, I was a teenager when I first started kind of really tapping into her. So I would definitely say Oprah. I would say... Uh, Toni Morrison, who I quote a lot in our programming with our women, um, you know, you are your best thing. There's just so many mic drop quotes and books by her. She's just a well of wisdom and it would be amazing to be able to just sit at her feet. And who else? I would say the newest on the scene, I'd say Rachel Rogers. So I, I know I mentioned her to you recently. Yeah, you turned me on to her. Yeah, yeah. So she's another fellow Black woman coach who's doing phenomenally well. I resonate with her, you know, her swag, her business acumen, her, the business that she's, you know, grown. Um, she's someone I think would just be really fun to work alongside. And who else? I'd say my children. So I have a, an 11 year old son and a 10 year old daughter. They are just the two little brightest lights, <laughs> you know, wise beyond their years. Keep me in check. Keep me in alignment. <laughs> uh, we have some really deep and silly conversations every single day. And you know, they're my reason and they're my reason for doing what I do. They're just amazing people. And I learn from them every single day. You, you've got to love and, and still hate at some level when your words come back to you through your kids. Exactly. It's like, would you go sit somewhere with this positive, optimistic, you can go get this stuff, go sit somewhere. Exactly. exactly. My son says often, mom, this is not a teachable moment, okay? <laughs> Why would you suggest, or maybe you might suggest, that uh, it's important to have this idea of an invisible board of directors or board of directors or, uh, or a tribe or just advisors. W why is that important? That's so important because inevitably we're all going to forget who we are one day. 
it's going to happen. You know, we're going to wake. I, I always say the awaken process happens all the time. It's why in our logo, it's a circle because life is one great big circle. Everything comes full circle. We think we've learned one lesson and then boom, it comes right back up again to learn again on a deeper level. And because of that, we need people there to help us for when we do forget, when we do have a setback. We need people who love us, who will tell us the truth, (laughs) who will also celebrate with us and people that we know will be there especially I would say for leaders. Mm. Um, and I say that especially for leaders because we've all heard the, the term or the saying, it's lonely at the top. And it can be very lonely. And it's important to have your tribe and folks that you can talk to and bounce things off of. Um, so you also remember, you stay in alignment with who you are. You definitely need those people to help adjust your own crown when it needs adjusting because it's, it's just going to happen. It's, that's just such is life. Yeah, I, you know, I absolutely believe that for leaders to have people around them who will tell them the truth, mm-hmm. they've got to either hire a coach. Mm-hmm. That's literally what, what we're there to do. We're, we're yep. there to reflect back to them the truth mm-hmm. and ask those questions uh, and reveal those things that no one else around them will have the courage to do mm-hmm. or they have to find someone in their organization and develop that level of courage, that, that level of, res- of relationship, because mm-hmm. very few people will, will call out their boss and say, look, boss, you're not living up to what we need from a leader. I mean, that could be a career limiting discussion yeah. unless it's been authorized and endorsed. Mm-hmm. So um, I think you're absolutely right. What's one or two things that makes you nervous when you think about either leaders or black women leaders, what makes you nervous? And I've talked a number of times about this thing where I I believe that it's impossible for people to say, um, you know, what's your reason for being, what, what's the thing that you would do for free? Because I would, and I have done a number of things for free. And so the way that I've tried to reframe that question for my clients is what's the thing that if you don't do the way you do it, you might leave a hole in the universe. What's that thing that makes you nervous that leaders aren't doing that might leave a hole in the universe? Not being all of who they're created to be. It's really truly allowing their fear to be in the front seat and prevent them from impacting their organizations, their people, their bottom line, their cause, whatever cause that they're trying to bring to fruition. Oftentimes what's in between them and their cause truly is their authentic self. Mm. Um, Because we all know when we do that, we give permission to other people to do the same and then they grow, grow bigger and grander, you know, and make more bold decisions that ultimately serve all of us. You know, that's my hope for everyone. And even, you know, when I'm working with Black women, something that I also know to be true is that when we plan and design and focus things on people in who are marginalized, when we focus on the margins, whatever we do for the margins is great for everyone. And so that's what helps me also stay the course while I am, yes, focusing all of my time, energy, most of it into Black women, what I know for sure is the ripple effect is exponential. It goes across all lines of difference. 
you know, there are people who get that, you know, and I'm here to focus on those folks who do, you know, who are willing and wanting and awake. And that's my hope for everyone. Mm, I love it. So guys, you guys are seeing, you're listening to what I get, like I said, on a weekly basis. <laughs> this has been amazing. Shana, Renee, Hammond, what, what's next for you? What are you working on? How can people support you if they want to yes. get this for themselves? Yes. Number one, we're always hosting Indigo Women Group Coaching Experience Cohort. So if you are a Black woman executive, we would love to have you join our community um, and really, really commit to thriving. That's what we're all about, thriving while leading boldly. That's number one. Number two, in my other organization, Teach to Lead, we are launching a brand new program called The Conscious Racist for white executive leaders who also want to do that adaptive work of dismantling white supremacy culture and move toward a liberatory culture and really want to understand what that work is for them to do. We're doing that on the Teach to Lead side. So reach out to us at www.teachlead.com for more information about that. As you can see, I'm about building community. And so if you're a community builder, then let's talk. I can tell you from experience, if you're not really ready to do the work, save the quarter. Don't give her a call because you're just going to be uncomfortable mm -hmm. because Shana absolutely makes the focus squarely on what's important. And I just want to thank you so much for this conversation. This has been uh, amazing that I've got, uh, I've received an opportunity to share with my audience what I get once, if not sometimes twice a week. And I, I'm really appreciative of you for that. So r raise your lemon water. Yes. <laughs> and we're going to toast out until Quick. next time. Until next time. Thank you so much for having me. This was wonderful. Take care. <laughs> Take care. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>